Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Along Podcast. Uh, this is a very special episode I want to record for you and, and for uh, someone very near and dear to my heart, some folks very near and dear to my heart. Um, my brother, Joe, who some of you may have heard uh, on the podcast or on a previous episode of the podcast, and his girlfriend are heading to Universal Studios in Orlando uh, for four or five days here coming up in January. And I wanted to put together um, uh, a podcast talking about some tips and tricks and all the things that might be helpful to know before you go and while you're there. Um, maybe help them uh, get the most out of their trip and for everyone else out there to get the most out of any trip that you might have uh, in the new, near future. So, it's been a long time since I've been to Universal Studios, uh, so most of this information is pulled uh, just from regular theme park sort of visiting experience and knowledge and also from a bunch of different websites out there that have uh, must-dos and all of their own tips and tricks, and I'll link to all of those uh, in the description of the podcast as well. Um, I broke it down into a couple of categories that I think will, will be helpful for folks. The... First is uh, some tips to do or tips for for before you actually go to Disney or, th- or to Universal. These are things for booking the trip or where to stay and, and things like that. Um, then we've got some tips for once you arrive at the parks and making the most out of your trip while you're there. And then finally, everybody's favorite uh, tips on food and 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 how to save some money on food and what the the absolutely must do or must eat things are at uh, Universal Orlando. Um, so, so let's get started. Let's start with, with, with the sort of tips before you go. And, and again, these are pulled from a bunch of different sources and also just our own experience in the past of, 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 of booking trips and, and, and staying, uh, at theme parks. So the, the first one is, 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 is true for both Disney and Universal, and, and that's to, to stay on property. Uh, Universal is a little bit different. There's not as many resorts uh, that are on property. It's, it's not as maybe as ne- ne- of a necessity to stay on property, but staying in a uh, on-property resort at Universal gives you early entry. There's a bus to the park, so you don't have to pay for a rental car to get to and from. Um, it also gets you priority seating for, for dining reservations and food. Um, those are all great things and all things, and, and it's, it's convenient. It's, it's, it's still relatively affordable looking at some of the prices, but I think the convenience and the ability to sort of just be near the park if your only, um, goal for that trip is, is going, uh, to the, to the actual parks themselves, it, it's a, it's sort of a must do to stay on property. The other thing uh, before you go is, is, as always, is buy your tickets in advance. Uh, you're going to save money buying in advance and buying as a package most of the time. And you're also guaranteed at Universal Studios, you're guaranteed entry and also get early entry into the parks as well, which can really help you maximize your time um, and the amount of things that you can do in a particular day. Uh, the, the next biggest tip, and this is always the tip for people ask, what's the best time to visit a theme park? And I think we've, Anthony and I have talked about this in some of our past episodes, I, that it, uh, it changes over the years, but it's always good to avoid the holidays and going in the fall, winter or spring, if you're not going around Christmas are, are definitely Christmas, Halloween or Thanksgiving, uh, are always the best times to go. Um, 
there's also at Universal Studios in particular is the opportunity to purchase express passes. And these are passes that let you jump to the front of the line or help you skip part of the line, uh, similar to the, the fast passes at uh, Disney World um, or in the Disney parks. But it's something you purchase ahead of time. And actually, it's probably much more similar to uh, what you would experience at uh, Cedar Point. Cedar Point has an express pass that lets you jump to the front of the line. And most of the ro roller coasters or attractions, maybe not all of them, um, there are two types of express passes. The first is uh, $64.99, and it's a regular express pass per person per day. And it lets you skip the line uh, one time per participating ride. And then there's also an unlimited express pass that you can skip unlimited times for all those participating rides. And that one's $84.99. Uh, if you're really interested in riding as many rides as possible or if you're sort of crunched on time, uh, for me, the express pass can definitely be worth it. Uh, maybe just the regular express pass um, unless you're, you're really into a, a few select rides that you want to ride over and over again. Um, the, the, one of the next things that I've seen out there, and I didn't know about this beforehand, uh, is if you're staying at either the Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel or the Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort, there's the ability or the option to upgrade to the concierge level. And this allows you a bunch of different amenities, but it also, well, the biggest one for me at least, is a free breakfast buffet and sort of snacks. This can, you can say, huge on food uh, in that respect where you don't have to pay for breakfast or you could stock up on things before, before you leave for the parks and, and take some chips or things like that with you. So to avoid paying the, the ridiculous markup for, for those types of things inside the park. Um... And, and probably the biggest thing, as we're talking about tips before before you get there, uh, and I, I'll give this advice to anyone who's booking trips to any amusement park, theme park, the, 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 the most important thing is that you have enough time. And if you're able to spend more time than not at the parks, uh, you'll be better off, especially if your your whole goal of this vacation is to enjoy um, the the theme parks or the, the 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 actual parks or destinations that you're going to. Uh, for Universal Studios Orlando, the the consensus seems to be between four and five days. Um, this makes it so you you don't have to rush to pack everything in both parks along with the book, two Harry Potter Potter experiences in one or two days. It's just too there's just too much to see and do. Um, everyone that I've, everywhere that I've seen, or everyone I've talked to says that the Harry Potter experiences take a day unto themselves. So if you try to throw, throw that in with all the other experiences in, in Universal Studios or all the other experiences at Islands of Adventure, um, it just becomes too much to do in too short of a time. And you end up making yourself miserable if you're trying to run around and you'll miss things and then you'll feel like you missed out. And, um, I try to go into planning every trip uh, like I'm going to go back the next year or in a couple of months. And, and this might not always be true. In fact, most of the time it's probably not true. But if, you're, if your mindset is that you'll be going back, you're, you're much more likely to have a more enjoyable time uh, without trying to rush and fit too much in. Um, so, yeah, those are, that's, that's my biggest tip for, for before you go. Um, but... 
there are, are, are a whole bunch of things that you can do while you're at the parks or once you get to the parks to sort of help maximize the amount of time and fun that you can have uh, in any particular given day. Uh, the biggest one, and again, this is almost the advice from, from everyone, is, is arrive early and stay late and take a break in the middle of the day if you can. Um, getting there ahead of opening and being making sure that you're able to go right into the park as soon as the park opens, that's a huge deal. Most, most folks... Um, don't get there before park opening. There'll be a, there'll be, a, I'm sure there'll be a sizable crowd on most days, but you can really maximize a lot of the um, rides that you can get first thing in the morning with shorter lines and, and sort of less people to maneuver through. Um, that midday break is sort of essential. This goes back to the point of having more than more than just one or two days to get through everything. Uh, if you can take that midday break and go back and relax, even in the the coolest months of uh, Florida, it can be it can be sort of stiflingly hot at times. So so taking that midday break and relaxing, getting off your feet for a little while, even if it's just um, sitting down at a a, a sit down. A table service restaurant and, and having a nice long meal or something like that or, or, or sitting around and, and, and waiting for a parade or, or something like that. That midday break is, is, is key. And then staying staying late. Uh, you know, this is, this is one that I've, I've seen change over the years. I think I remember when uh, years back we would go and, and the park would tend to clear out all parks, Disney World, Universal, all parks would sort of tend to clear out the the later you went. Kids would go home and um, the locals would go home and that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case anymore. <laughs> uh, the rope drop to, to park close seems to be the, the strategy for most people So so I think if you can Again, get there early. Staying late, it can be hit or miss. Um, but it, but it's always good to sort of maximize the amount of time in your day. And like I said, that midday break, it just helps everybody. Um, uh, the 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 next one on my list, and, and this is sort of a, a, a depends on what you like to see and what types of experiences you like to experience when you're at parks like these. If you're all about the rides, this one probably doesn't make sense to you or doesn't matter. Um, but if if you're like me or like some of the other people that I know, um, you really and you really enjoy seeing the shows that a particular park has to offer. Uh, it's really smart, or it can be really smart to schedule your day according to the shows that you want to see so you, you take you take your times guide and you look in it and pick out the shows that you absolutely want to see first and then try to plan where you want to be in the park and what you can do around those shows so that you're not running back and forth you're not in the at the other end of the park when you need to be at a show or want to see a show at uh in five or ten minutes that 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 rushing back and forth or crisscrossing the park that that can be a killer both for your feet and for just time in general um my personal favorite show at, at universal studios is the universal horror makeup show um i it's it's just a great sort of behind not necessarily behind the scenes but it's sort of an inside look at at uh, horror makeup and it's it's hilarious and it's it's a really good time uh, one of the next options that uh, I think is always good for um, maximizing the amount of rides you can go on, especially if uh, you don't necessarily care about riding with your entire group at once, uh, is utilizing the single rider lines um, 
and there's a number of attractions at both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure that have single riders. Uh, Harry Potter and Escape from Gringotts, Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, Men in Black Alien Attack, Revenge of the Mummy, and the Transformers, The Ride, uh, all have single riders, along with uh, Amazing Adventure of Spider-Man, Doctor Doom's Freefall, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, and the Incredible Hulk Roller Coaster. If you don't care about riding right next to the person that you're traveling with, um, single rider lines are a great way to cut down on the line without having to take advantage of like the Express Pass or things like that. Um, there's also Universal Studios also offers child swap. So if you're a family with young children and you're the parents want to go on, you can send one parent on and swap out so the other can stay with the, the younger child and and the other parent can ride um, without having to wait. Both of you wait in the full line two separate times. There's also, um, for those of you that are interested in or into shopping uh, and are staying on property, Universal Studios Orlando has the package pickup and delivery options for your, your souvenirs. So if you if you are, like I said, if you are staying on property, those items that you buy, you can have them delivered right to your hotel room so you don't have to carry them around the park all day. Um, I usually tend to do my shopping during that midday break if you get a chance to get inside the air conditioning and you can take that take that time relax and not have to carry around whatever you buy for the rest of the day also limit it uh, also limits the number of things that you have to carry so you don't have to bring a big backpack or anything like that to help you carry around your souvenirs you can just have them sent straight straight to your room the other big thing and this is both for people who like parades and people who don't um, is to check the time of the parades and the parade routes first thing in the morning. Uh, if you like parades and plan on seeing the parade, this gives you an opportunity to make sure you're planning your day so you give yourself enough time to stake out a spot early. Uh, it's always important if you want to get a good seat for a parade to, to stake out that spot. It also could build that into your midday break, take an hour and a half to, to sit on a bench along the parade route and stake your spot so you don't have to fight for one last minute. But if you don't care about parades, with them, which I'm sure a lot of people do, or do not, I guess in this case, uh, knowing the route and knowing when the parades will be going on will make it so that you're not trapped in a section of the park that you don't want to be in. <laughs> uh, or if you're trying to get someplace, it makes it easier to know that, hey, at this time, we're not going to be able to cross this pathway because the parade's going to be going on. We should make sure we're on the other side of it before before then. If you have dining reservations or you're planning to get food somewhere, if you want to see a show, sort of getting an understanding of when the parade route the parades will be going on and what routes they take is, is sort of a, a, a helpful tip at the beginning of your day. The The last thing for, for maximizing time at the park, uh, dedicate a whole section to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, it's, from all indications are that it's almost impossible to avoid the crowds in, in either Harry Potter land. Um, so the key point here is take your time. Like we mentioned earlier, if, if you can dedicate a whole day to Harry Potter world, that seems to be the best thing to do. Then you're not rushed and you can really enjoy everything that all the details and things that, that, that those lands have to offer. 
Um, there seems to be some conflicting opinions on the best time to visit if you don't have all day. Uh, there are some folks that say morning is best because the park overall is less crowded, uh, which seems to hold up most most cases. But others have said others say that uh, the most that most people and this this makes perfect sense to me uh, head straight for the Harry Potter lands as soon as the park opens. Everybody wants to get there. Um, so you could be fighting with all of the other folks that get there early on in the day. And if everyone's plan is to first stop at the Wizarding World Harry Potter, that means it, it could possibly clear out later in the day as they've all, everyone's gone through. Um, but again, it's just going into it with the mindset that this is going to be busy and it's going to be, um, something that you sort of have to take your time to work through and understand it's going to be crowded. Um, going in with that mindset, I think, is the best way to make sure you're not sort of disappointed. Uh, one of the one of the things that, or tips and tricks that I've read, um, or tips uh, mostly, is that taking the train in both directions is sort of a must. Uh, the experience is apparently very different uh, when you go each way. So if you have the opportunity to take the train between the two parks, make sure you also take it back. That seems to be the the a must do. And another must do from everything that I've read is is getting the wand getting a wand, first of all, but not only that, getting the the wand that lets you interact with different areas of the park. It seems to be sort of bringing the magic of Harry Potter to life uh, in a way that is really cool and interesting and exciting. Um, those wands are $45. I think there's a couple of places that you can get them, but if you go to Ollivander's, I know they have a show that you may be selected to get, uh, be, or participate in and get it sort of a, a custom wand story, um, for your wand going forward. So that's, that's pretty much it for, um, tips while you're there. Again, I think the most important thing is to... Um, go in knowing that it's going to be crowded and understand that, that you want to be able to take your time and sort of see things as you go, but also try to plan things out a little bit so that you're not uh, crisscrossing the park too much or, or having to uh, go back and forth and spend all your energy getting from one side of the park to the other when you could just sort of uh, make your way in a big circle. I'm always a fan of the big circle around the park if, if you can do it. Um, the, the, the next category that we have is, is all about food and I'm a huge foodie when it comes to these, I love eating the, eating everything that they have to offer. And there are some really unique sort of dining experiences at Universal Studios that are super necessary, necessary to, to experience and some stuff that just sounds so delicious. I don't even know why you would want to pass it up. Um, the, 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 the first and biggest tip that I'll give to anyone is bring water. If, if you want, like, if you going to drink water, bring it with you so that you don't have to, the, the water prices inside the parks are ridiculous. Everyone knows this bringing water and, and packing some snacks and maybe a light lunch. That way you can avoid sort of unnecessary expenses, save a little bit of money and really splurge on some of the other cool things <laughs> that are out there. Uh, you also have the opportunity, unlike at Disney World, actually, this this just changed very recently, so this is hot breaking news. Um, 
but at Universal Orlando, there are several restaurants that are available to book reservations through the Open Table app. Um, so if you uh, have that app on your phone and are able to book reservations that way, there are some that are definitely um, open and available. Uh, which is much easier than the Disney reservation system. But I have heard recently, very recently, that uh, the few select Disney restaurants have shown up on open table to help make reservations. Um, But it's definitely a perk for Universal Orlando. Uh, Another sort of time-saving and maybe money-saving tip is uh, if you're staying at one of the resort hotels, the room service option is, is, is comparably affordable um when you're looking at breakfast in or around the park in the parks um and you don't have to wait you won't have to waste any money or any time rather tracking down breakfast or something to eat for breakfast once you get into the parks you can do that before you get there and go straight to riding um there's also two important things when we're talking about in terms of like sort of dining plans or refillable drinks there 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 are two dining plans uh, i'll talk about the quick service dining plan all indications that i've seen is that the table service dining plan that universal orlando offers is not worth the money um so instead just opt for the quick service dining plan uh the the one that i've seen that folks seem to gravitate towards is the the package that provides uh, one quick service meal, uh, a soft drink, and another soft drink outside of the soft drink you get with your meal, and one snack for $21.99 for adults and $13.99 for kids under nine, um, or nine years and younger actually. And they're valid at most of the quick service eateries in both parks. Uh, It means Three broomsticks, uh, Hogsmeade, or three broomsticks, Leaky Cauldron, uh, and the Fast Food Boulevard in uh, Springfield or Simpsons Land. Um, And also some of the Universal City Walk um, uh, quick service restaurants. That seems $21.99. Most of the time you're not going to be able to get um, all of that for less than that so you seem to to save a little bit of money there if you're planning on eating inside the park um but if, for all intents and purposes you you can buy uh things as you go at universal orlando i'm a huge proponent of the dining plan at disney world not the quick service dining plan so much but the the sort of one table service one quick service the standard dining plan i think that you can definitely make your money back and more with that plan at universal Orlando, it doesn't seem to be as big of a as big of a, a selling point um the other important thing to note is if you're a pop drinker or someone who likes to drink uh soda or soft drinks or anything like that uh there's a standard collectible souvenir cup that's refillable uh the cup itself is 89 8.99 and the uh refills are 99 cents and there's also the Coca-Cola Freestyle Souvenir Cups for $11.99 or $6 if you purchase the quick service dining plan. And it can be reactivated every day that you're there for $5.99. This gives you unlimited refills for free at any of the freestyle fountains. Uh, and also, this is just a side note, if you, even if you don't want the, the refillable plans, uh, free ice and water can be dispensed from these machines 
without activating a cup. So you could use whatever cup that you have um, and still get free ice and water, which is huge. Like I said, paying for bottled water can be way too expensive. Now we get to the fun part. So this is some restaurant recommendations and also some food recommendations and these are pulled from touring plans and tasting table respectively um so for restaurant recommendations the three broomsticks and leaky cauldron are both way up on the list uh, the three broomsticks has great food and is really a must-see experience for any harry potter fan it also has, if if this this was a tip pulled from GlobalMunchkins.com, uh, the pumpkin fizz is a secret item on the menu um, that's supposed to be really good. So try that out if if you're there. There's also the the fast food boulevard, um, which has a bunch of different Simpsons themed quick restaurants, uh, including Cletus's Chicken Shack and Krusty Burger. Um, it's a quick, good place to get some, some good, quick food. Uh, Mythos Restaurant over at Islands of Adventure is um, a, a, a multiple list, one of the, the must-do restaurants um, for you to go and, and sort of sit down. It has a nice, diverse menu, and it's sort of great for dinners, and even dinners with dietary restrictions, which is good. Uh, there's also Vivo Italian Kitchen, which is in City Walk. It has uh, some of your favorite Italian dishes like chicken piccata and uh, linguine and clams and all sorts of great Italian food. Uh, and my personal favorite, one of the, the crazier ones out there, but it has to be high up there on the list for, for sort of interesting and delicious, is the Cowfish Sushi Burger Bar. Uh, it's a burger and sushi bar, which seems very strange, but it is definitely one of the most interesting and sort of best restaurants there. Uh, Touring Plans recommends the blackened tuna nachos, but I think any of the any of the food on the menu there is, is both interesting and delicious. Um, and then sort of some specific foods that you have to eat. Uh, get butterbeer out of the way. Everybody knows you got to eat butterbeer. Uh, but there's also butterbeer flavored ice cream at uh, a couple of different places uh, in street vendors throughout uh, Diagon Alley and um, some of uh, Fountain of Fair Fortune and, and a bunch of other places. But if you see that in the menu, it, it's, it sounds delicious. Um, there's also Duff Beer from Moe's Tavern, Flaming Moe, obviously, um, and the giant pink donuts from Lard Lad. If you're a fan of Homer Simpson and you want to eat the donut that Homer Simpson would eat, get the giant pink donut from Lard Lad. There's also some oversized turkey legs from Thunder Falls Terrace, and the aforementioned cowfish. They have burgushi, which is sushi rolls stuffed with Angus beef, smoked bacon, spicy, spicy mayo. I can't say any of those words. It's a lot of peas in a row. Jalapenos and tempura flakes, which um, I don't like regular sushi. So uh, some burgushi sounds pretty good to me. Um, and my, my favorite one on the list is all the over-the-top milkshakes from Toothsome Chocolate Emporium. 
They have all kinds of flavors from sort of red velvet uh, to espresso buzz to key lime pie. Pretty much all of your favorite uh, all of your favorite flavors of milkshakes, and they're delicious. Um, so those are those are food and and restaurant recommendations and some tips on, on uh, sort of how to get a table and and the best way to go about maximizing sort of your dollars at food. I mean, everybody that knows that understands that food is is sort of the biggest way that these places make their money. So really making your dollar go as far as it possibly can, but also having some really great food and saving, saving your money for the really unique and interesting and cool things. That's, that's really the way to go. So that's pretty much it. I, I have a couple of, uh, sort of random tips and tricks or some cool things that I've seen when I was doing some of my research. Um, if you're interested in, in wake up calls and you don't just want to use your alarm on your phone, they have uh, park themed wake up calls from Betty Boop to a Transformer or the Blue Man Group. Uh, Blue Man Group doesn't really speak, so I'm sure they probably just play music. I'm just going to guess on that one. Um, but there's also another, but you, but, but you can get those wake up calls. Um, at your hotel room if you're staying at the Universal Resorts, which would be pretty cool. If you have kids, having a Transformer wake them up sounds pretty awesome. Um, if you do bring a bag, we talked about the great options that they have for sending souvenirs back to back to the hotel room. But if you do bring a bag, you can always store up. There are free lockers around most of the rides that don't allow bags um, that you can take advantage of and not have to pay for. Um, it also be, might be good to, to drop your bag in there every once in a while if you're sick of carrying it around. Um, but they do have lockers available. Um, there's also the Universal Parks app. Uh, it's got wait times, maps, uh, uh, like the basically a digital times guide, and a whole bunch of other par helpful park information. When I when I downloaded the app, I looked through some of the reviews, and there there seemed to be a lot of negative reviews on the Google Play Store. But uh, I spent a lot of time using it over the last couple of weeks, just playing around with it, seeing if I ran into any of those issues, and and I honestly didn't. Uh, so I'm not sure if maybe they fixed some of the bugs that they had or or, or not. But it it does seem to be like a pretty good resource. I think the the gold standard for park apps is the Disney app. But uh, the My Disney Experience app, but this one's a pretty pretty close second. It's mu definitely much better than the Cedar Point app if anybody's ever downloaded that one, or some of the other uh, amusement park apps that I've I've used. Um, so it can be really helpful if you need an easy way to to find yourself around the park. Um, and lastly, again, just reiterate the 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 best advice that I can give folks. Um, visiting theme or amusement parks is that you're going to have to be flexible with your plans there there's no way you're going to accomplish everything in the exact order that you want it no matter how carefully you plan or how down to the minute you plan um, something will inevitably happen and being flexible and being willing to sort of go with the flow a little bit and and maybe just put a, a loose outline around what you want to accomplish or maybe some goals that you want to accomplish. That's really the best way to go about it. Um, I hope this was helpful for folks. I hope this is hopeful, 
I'm hopeful that this was especially helpful for my brother um, and his girlfriend, EJ. Um, but you know what? Until then, I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. And I hope everybody gets a chance to get out and enjoy the parks and all the rides that their hearts desire. And we'll see everybody in the new year. Bye, everybody. Big, beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a dream away. Man has a dream.